0: Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax Get your mind blown away Ain't no skipping this track Have you paid more attention? No listening gap Get everything I ever wanted No giving it back Yeah. Ooh. What's up everybody? Welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast I am your host At the hardest part of the ring Known in certain circles As Kyle Sorry I was picking off the uh, Pubes on my microphone Uh, But we're here today. Man, golly gee willikers. We're here today to talk about some TNA. TNA Final Resolution 2006. We've uh, we've made it to 2006. We're just flying by these TNA shows, huh? Started in uh... a cocksucker. Do you mind? Yeah, we're just flying through these. uh, We started in 2004 with their first pay-per-view and now I think this is the first timeline that I covered where we've covered three different years other than like progress and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, man, how, how, how TNA has evolved over time. Just in what, what I've covered on this podcast is crazy. Um, and they're making big moves at this show. Very big moves. I, I would say, I mean, the moves that they're making are, are sure going to sting. They're, they're going to sting. um, <clears throat> I mean, at least I think it's it will. I mean, I could, I, could, I could be wrong, and then I would I would be eating crow. It's sting! People want more Tony Schiavone impressions from me on this podcast, so I'm here to um, satisfy the audience, so someone gets satisfied in my life. But anyways, <laughs> TNA Final Resolution, just a fun time for TNA here kicking off 2006. Um, We talk about this a lot in the podcast, but man, it's such a, you know, in a lot of ways, this is peak TNA. Don't get me wrong. There's still a lot of uh, manure on this show. There's a lot of LOL TNA type stuff, uh, namely the tag title match and the finish. The match actually was very fun. Uh, The finish, though, is uh, among (laughs) the stupidest finishes I've ever seen In my life for a wrestling match. But we'll get into that. Um, And like LAX and all the shenanigans. Did you know, by the way, I had no idea. Maybe I'm the only one. Um, LAX, the Latin American exchange, the faction in TNA, which, by the way, debuted on impact a few weeks before this show. Uh, They're not actually wrestling on this show. And you might be asking, well, why is that hardest part of the ring? Well, it's because one of their members no showed the event. <laughs> Can you guess which member it was? It was not Conan. It was not Homicide and it was not Hernandez. You know why it was not Hernandez is because he's not here in TNA yet. I, I always thought Hernandez Homicide Conan. I thought that was the original LAX, but it is not apparently. Before the Hernandez, it was Apollo, which <laughs> I, I no idea. This is the first I'm hearing about it, but we get into it. Why you never really hear about it, um, mainly because, you know, shows this event, which creates a, uh, a ripple effect, which is a uh, classic TNA stuff. But other than that, some great shit here Name like the X Division, the X Division in general, both like the undercard type matches, but also the X Division title uh, scene, feud, storyline is just great shit because, you know, like AJ, Joe, Daniels, the classic three guys that are like associated with the X Division title, at least at this point, and I guess still today, we, we know what they can do in the ring. We know that they can deliver in ring, have great matches every single night, no matter what combination of those three. But the storyline, and I think this is something that gets lost over time, the storyline between these three at this point it's fucking incredible dude and we get some really fucking samoa joe man a savage and we get a lot of good stuff in that in the match and the story surrounding it on this show so we get into that and uh of course the game changer for titan ass wrestling we get that on the show with the debut of sting Golly, suck suck me dry and call me Bertha. This is a a big moment for uh, TNA here. And you hear it all the time, especially when like Dixie Carter gets there. He's like, got a big announcement. This is going to change the face of TNA forever. You seemingly get that every week. But here they said that and it was very much true because Sting would become a major focal point for the company for years to come. And really put them on the map, on the map, in a lot of ways, and lots of fun stuff from the Stinger here on this show as well. So, um, no disappointments in the state. It's not you know another Tito Ortiz <laughs> type thing where he just comes out with his arms crossed. Um, yeah, lots to get into here, and we get into it with my guest today from the Wrestling Index, Tim King. Yes, the better TK uh, joins me on this show. We have a blast talking about some TNA. Uh, you can catch Tim, like I said, on the Wrestling Index. You can catch his podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Covers a lot of uh, current day wrestling. Go to the wrestlingindex.com as well. Great website by Tim. Uh, you can find all the stuff about his podcast, but he also does blogs Uh, other type stuff you know fantasy bookings collaborations with other podcasts tons of stuff there so go check out the wrestling index your one-stop shop for all wrestling type shenanigans so really good he he does really good work tim really entertaining dude as you'll see uh in the episode but yeah um what else what else i got for you apronbump.com for all my full episodes of course uh, if you like the TNA episodes, I'll probably just put a link to it in the description. But you can go to my website. You can uh, filter by category, basically, and it'll bring you to all of the TNA episodes that I've covered thus far. And um, again, link to that in the description, if I remember. But uh, yeah, let's get right into it, man. I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I got my car. Co- I'm, I'm all hyped up today. I feel like I, I'm just shot out of a cannon. I'm sorry if I'm annoying. Um, just got, you know, the cocaine up my asshole. And- TNA. Final Resolution 2006 with myself and Tim King from the Wrestling Index. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun
1: when uh, you reached out to me and said we are going to cover an old TNA show. I got excited, and then you know I found out it was Sting's debut, and oh, yeah. that was fucking awesome. And then you know Christian was relatively new, and I got the, the I got to watch that passionate. Pre- from team 3d about coming for the nwa tag team titles that yeah. they never had before they said they throw all 18 of their previous title reigns out to get that yeah, you know, which is bullshit but you know <laughs> they they really wanted those titles nonetheless yeah, yeah um and then you know even i thought i thought i'm not a huge Abyss guy but
0: uh-huh.
1: i think this is like earlier earlier abyss and i caught later abyss so it was kind of mm. cool to see him still moving well and be able to hit his spots Right. Um, so that match and i'm not a big rhino guy either so i went into to that match thinking you know it wasn't going to be so hot but that match was one of the one of the uh <clears throat> one of the better matches on the show so that was kind of cool to me yeah and then i like seeing the the first match of six guys i love roderick strong i'm a huge roderick strong mark so seeing him you know so early and so young faced and then the samoa joe and christopher daniels match i mean that was that was the match of the night that was the story right i mean to me like you know not not going into it um you know i found out the triple threat was the match before you know once the the pre-match started um so i was curious where that triple threat lied so i i learned that that was the match or you know on the pay-per-view before this but damn, dude, that story, that match, that was good stuff. That was good storytelling. Yeah. That
0: was great. I don't know, not good. That was great stuff, man. Yeah, this is like, this period of TNA is, is a lot of peaks. Like, it's peak X division, in my opinion. Like, the stuff with AJ, Joe, and Daniels, and the various, like, different combinations and how everybody's involved. Like you said, it's like the wrestling's great, obviously, but there's like an awesome story to accompany that, which is amazing. And then you got X-Division you know, kind of throughout the show. And then you got your hardcore stuff with Abyss and, you know, Raven and stuff like that. And then you got your main event. I mean, this, this whole pay-per-view is really, and you said it. I mean, it's built around Sting. This show is the Sting show with some other stuff. And um, I think that kind of, I feel like the show didn't really kick in. And we'll get into it. But I don't think it really kicked into like, the second half of it. It feels like there was a lot of throwaway matches on this show, but... Um, but yeah sting man is definitely the uh the main takeaway here were you uh were you a little stinger growing up who wasn't i mean you had
1: to be cr- you had to be crazy not to be a little stinger yeah. from the the blonde spikes in the face paint in the color you know the colored face paints and the colored outfits and the jackets mm-hmm. and then crow sting i mean i even like Wolfpack sting Wolfpack is like one of my favorite stables of all time i don't know that that initial stable of Wolfpack i thought was really really cool With Nash, Savage, Luger, Sting, and K-Dog. K-Dog was on this show. Of course. Um, And he was all K-Dog. I mean, this was the start of LAX, you know? I mean, there's so much happening on the show. And Team Canada was on it, like, five times. So, like, you know, there was so much. And I didn't even mention Raven. Raven's in a retirement match against X-Pac. And I'd be thinking, like, going into it, okay, I got X-Pac. Cool, man. I feel good about this. Um, Yeah. So, Bisco's a heel, I guess. Um, I I guess. I I I was surprised by that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because at the start of the show they were kind of hyping how Sabisco gave Aries, Shelly, and Strong the match because they had beaten Styles, Daniels, and Saban.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I was like, Oh, all right, well, maybe he's a face giving the heels a spot because they, they earned it or whatever. Um were they heels? Maybe I was maybe I maybe I missed miss uh that maybe Aries no, yeah. and Strong the heels but I thought they were the heels in that match because yeah. Sanjay Dutt was on the other side so he and Saban so they were screaming
0: faces to me no yeah Since we're talking about it so the, the opening match yeah. here uh six man tag you got Chris Sabin, Matt Bentley and Sanjay Dutt versus Alex Shelley Austin Aries and Roddy Roddy Strong and uh you're correct they are the heels uh Aries Shelley, and Strong and this kind of like So the X Division is like really booming, especially because this is a period where Ring of Honor and TNA were working together like pretty fluidly. And you had a lot of guys that were prominent in Ring of Honor at this time appearing on on TNA shows. And um, with the the title scene uh, pretty much consisting of Joe, AJ and Daniels, like everybody else is kind of almost an afterthought sometimes. That was kind of what the storyline was like Aries, Strong, and Shelley, they were pissed that they weren't getting title shots on pay-per-views or even appearing on other on pay-per-views altogether before this. So there was some like discontent there. So that, that's kind of the storyline going on here. And then you have, again, Saban, Dutt, and uh, Shawn Michaels' cousin, Matt Bentley, are the baby faces here. Are you, are you, are you a Matt Bentley fan? Yeah,
1: so I'm not gonna lie to you. I did a good Google this morning on uh-huh. Matt Bentley, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, you know he's he, he seems straight. Um, I I don't know too much about Matt Bentley. I'm I'm not gonna lie. Of the six guys, he was definitely the one that I I had to Google. You know, the other five I'm very you know well versed and familiar with. Uh Matt Bentley, not so much.
0: Yeah, he's a guy. I mean, he's like I like I said, he's Shawn Michaels' cousin, and that was really his gimmick. Like because he had a stint in Ring of Honor before this, and he's been in TNA since since pretty much the the beginning at this point. And he's a guy that's always been like. I think he is an X Division champion, uh former one, and he's always like kind of in the scene, but kind of an underneath guy at this point, because this is like this influx of talent coming in right now. And eventually he gets kind of lost in the shuffle. And I think he pretty much retires like in 07, 08, something like that. So he doesn't have too much of a career after this. Um, he's he's solid, like, he's solid, but really he's just he couldn't really brush off that Shawn Michaels. Like it was just very obvious he was not as good as Shawn Michaels. I feel like that was the uh, the downfall for him. But um, but yeah, lots of talent in this match. I mean, the, even the stuff they've done before this point, and then the stuff they would do after I mean, the, the machine guns are in this match on opposite sides, which is fun. Yeah, and I, believe they I, even, I noticed that. Yeah, they even started the match out uh, against each other, which is fun. And they're they're still going today. I think they faced each other on the last episode of impact, right. <laughs> um, But you got Tracy out there, of course, who is in a schoolgirl outfit um does that, does that does that do anything for you yeah
1: yeah i was like ah, oh, look at kazarian's wife fucking hopping around in a schoolgirl outfit 16 years ago that was really the gist of uh the gist of it for me yeah yeah, yeah not not
0: much not much <laughs> you ever do role play if you if, or, or if you had to yeah. i mean what would be the role play hmm. that's
1: a good one are you wrestling? wrestler I, I'd I'd make I'd make my wife be Ty Conti and I'd be Sammy Guevara. We just stick our tongues out all over the place and and, and lick all over. Yeah, and she, gets, she yeah. she's listening on the other side of of the room right now, so she's fucking all sorts of pissed off about that. Coming, I see, sure. I <laughs> see.
0: You, you can give me the real answer after uh, after this. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, really solid opener here again. Just X Division, just all the awesomeness that you would expect from it. My my main takeaway here was Chris Sabin. I mean, this dude, like the drop kicks he's throwing out, especially that one in the corner where he like levitates, and then like yeah, he's dude. so explosive in this match. Anything really? Anything catch your eye in particular about this match?
1: Yeah, I. So I'm a loser. So if I'm doing something like this, I'm gonna make sure that I'm prepared, dude. So I I wrote notes. Um, so Sorry, my notes sir. from yes. this match, yeah. So I said it was a fun, a fun opening match. I, I really loved the triple team moves that we got from Shelly, Aries, and Strong. Yes, they had this like backbreaker, neckbreaker, um, stomp from the top rope. I thought was nasty as as hell. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote, Chris Sabin is good, so good. So dude. clearly, clearly we're on the same page with what we were watching in that match. Because uh, yeah, that was my biggest takeaway from it.
0: Yeah. And I think, I mean, he gets like a, on a hot streak, like for the rest of the year, I think he ends up winning the next division title, like pretty soon after this, I don't know, maybe it's like later in the year, but, um, and then we get the machine guns in a year or two, and it's off to the races there, but uh yeah, Aries and strong, I believe they team, they're like a team in ring of honor at this point. Um, I think I have that right. But so, the, so they clearly have chemistry. I said that too, like all the double team moves from the heel team were just so fluid um but yeah ultimately Tracy gets on the apron at some point Roderick Strong grabs her by the hair and uh her boyfriend Matt Bentley super kicks Roderick Strong but this allows Alex Shelley to roll him up with the tights gets the win for his team and uh yeah just a solid opener and I I like this little it's like a not just a throwaway you know showcase like there's some storyline to it so I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I got, I got storyline from it. Tanae was
1: all over for this. Yeah. These guys earned their chance to get onto the pay per view. I think he mentioned it like four times. So, like, it really stood out to me that, hey, they're trying to push these guys. And then I was thinking, they better win this match in some capacity because the way Tanae, Tanae is selling them, mm-hmm. um, it, it they should go over. And then they went over. So, yeah. You know, it was good. Good, good, really good opener. It was fun.
0: Yeah, Mike Toney definitely. I mean, throughout the show, Mike Toney is just so great at um like laying out the backstory. As if even if you just came into the show cold, like you would have complete understanding of what's going on. So, and of course, I know
1: I know literally everything. I feel like storyline wise, I was able yeah. to pick up on that show. I feel like between Toney and the vignettes, and then even like the Shane Douglas interviews, I was able to get everything I needed to feel caught up. Like I didn't have to go on Wikipedia and Google the the um previous three pay-per-views to get caught up i just want to go in in because i don't want to get anything spoiled for me if i'm going to watch something like this i want to oh, go yeah. into it and i want to feel authentic which which it was which i think is why i enjoyed it so much
0: yeah for sure i'm the same way this, because this is a period i've never watched so again yeah like 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 you i like to be uh surprised by this but uh speaking of storylines we got one in this next match that has been drawn the fuck out for like a year at this point so we got the James Gang, uh, which is of course, the team of BG James and Kip James, uh, otherwise known as Road Dog and Billy Gunn, uh, versus the Diamonds and the Rough, the team of David Young and Elix Skipper. So uh, this storyline here, okay. So the Three Life Crew. Which, first of all, are you aware of the Three Life Crew and, and its members?
1: Oh yeah, ab- absolutely, dude. I don't know, man. I thought they were so cool when I was younger. I was like, this is yeah. a dope ass faction, dude. Yeah, you got Road Dog, K-Dog, and uh R Truth. I mean, that's a dope ass stable.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah, they were great, like in the early years of TNA. But man, the uh so Billy Gunn, he debuted in TNA almost a year ago to the date. And uh as soon as he debuted, there was kind of uh discontent within the three life crew because r Truth, Conan. They were like, "Hey, hey, Road Dog, where does your true allegiance lie?" Because he, we got your old tag team brother brother in here, and at the time, Kip James is a heel. So it's like, "What side are you on?" And that's it literally it was just every pay per view. It was like, "Whose side are you on?" And BG's like, well, "I'm with I'm with both of you," and it's for a year. But then eventually, um, so they they actually eventually like Conan, r Truth. They uh, they get like the uh, the trust of uh, Kip James like they all begin to trust each other and then it becomes the four live crew for a few weeks. But then Conan turns on Kip James, lays him out with a chair, lays out BG James with a chair. So Conan's out. Um, but who who's there to try to make the peace between all these guys? Well, not none other than bullet Bob Armstrong.
1: <laughs> i thought that was so out of place dude <laughs> yeah, good all right i'm glad that you, i'm glad that you harped on that i was because i'm like that is random as fuck What? Well, you
0: didn't expect bullet bob on your tna program I, I wasn't
1: expecting bullet bob to get jumped in a parking lot and that was like <laughs> the main storyline that was going to be wrapped around the three live crew right now Ooh. well and didn't- i didn't expect i didn't expect to hear throughout the show that bullet bob was like our truth's father I had no idea, dude, that was random as fuck. He's like he's like a father to me, He's like a father to us. Like, how could you do that? He's like a father to us. And I was like, oh, I didn't know you were that close to uh, Bullet Bob. But I guess,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, like you said, Bullet Bob on Impact got jumped by LAX, the debut in LAX. So Conan, the leader, along with Homicide, but it's not Hernandez yet it was Apollo originally, which is news to me. I didn't know Apollo was uh, the original member of the LAX who, I don't know who, if you know. Who was that? Who, who was Apollo? No, I had no idea who that was. So there's not a lot to know, honestly. I think Apollo was kind of a big deal in Puerto Rico. And then he came to TNA. He was pretty prominent in the early years, um, but he never, you know, never really had, I don't think I've heard of him cut kind a of promo ever or anything. So I don't even know if he fucking speaks English, but um He's like a like a big dude, like kind of just a generic looking guy. So he never really made it past a certain level. But um, Apollo was in this group, but apparently and I had to do the research to figure this out. Apparently, Apollo no showed this pay-per-view and I don't think he ever appeared on TNA ever again. I think he was fired like <laughs> pretty soon after this, which, you know, deservingly so, I guess. But um, and then they
1: went and then hernandez came out long after or how long did it take for that to happen
0: so i'm actually not sure when hernandez comes in but i know before hernandez they replace him with ricky vega who went by the name machete machete i don't know uh, how yeah, they pronounce okay. it but um you another guy just a guy that was big in puerto rico but uh yeah i had no idea there were so many iterations of lax which is hilarious but um apollo no showing because they made such a big deal about this feud, about how Conan attacked Bullet Bob, and you have LAX, this new faction. But now, I'm assuming the original match was supposed to be LAX versus the James game, but you can't do that now.
1: Bro, that makes so much fucking sense. Right? I thought this match was so out of place on this on this show. Yep. I was like, they're sitting there hyping this feud between the 3 Live crew and Conan had just started LAX and then you're gonna get the random match of the Diamonds in the Rough against the James Gang, like that. I thought I felt like that was random as hell. So okay, yeah. that makes a lot of sense of that if
0: that was if that happened. And uh, the crowd, I think, was just as confused because man, this match was cold as ice. Um, but I mean, what else? I mean, they're back to a corner; they can't really do anything about it, I guess. But uh, yeah, it, again, you're, you're exactly right. It's a very random match, but they had to have some sort of replacement, I guess. <laughs> so the beginning here. So again, it's the New Age Outlaws, a.k.a. The James Gang. And it just cracks me up, how they're trying to like revive their their new age outlaws stick, like in the beginning with the uh, the promo. And they have to like create a new thing because it's a new name. And Billy Gunn can't say we got two words for you. Suck it, Billy. He goes, we got three words for you. Get it. Got it. Good crickets
1: <laughs> it was so quiet dude and he just like dropped like <laughs> i was like that was st-
0: another thing that was random as hell he, first of all and mike today even mentioned this it's not three words really gun that's <laughs> it's way more than three words and uh yeah the crowd was like what but because uh, i all wanted to say suck it but then they were just cut off at the knees which is just, it was just hilarious um but yeah the match itself not a lot of heat to it uh Elick skipper had a few cool spots he had a, he brought out a buckshot lariat which i thought was pretty fun yep um but ultimately kip james wins with the one and only and uh the james gang gets the win so uh like i said there's kind of a cold match but it was serviceable i guess yeah
1: i uh i thought david jones had a huge spine buster I'm a mark for Spinebusters, oh, so yeah. that's any, like anytime, I, anytime I can see a great one, yeah, that was uh, that was very cool to see. And then, yeah, I got Buckshot Laria by Skipper. I thought that was that was cool to see, too, but yeah, that's
0: really all I took out of that match. I wonder if there's any Get It, Got It, good t-shirts out there for the James gang. I'm sure he tried it. Probably. <laughs> <Obviously>. <laughs> Man, if that's still, if it's on eBay somewhere, I'm going to get it and wear it on my next episode. Hell yeah. Um, but we got something a little better. Coming up next, we got AJ Styles versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Who a young lion this Hi- Hiroshi Tanahashi? It was um. I got what were your thoughts? I'd like to get your thoughts on it because I was I had a certain expectation on this match and that's uh, kind of what get your your take on it.
1: Yeah, so I I was very excited when I found out this match was on the show. I was like, holy shit, that's cool as fuck. Yeah. Another like little uh cool feature of the show uh tanahashi was 29 at the time they said he was the under 30 champion in new japan uh-huh. and you know i thought the match was good but my problem with the match was that uh if you're gonna feature these two i don't end it well having a fucking schmuck like shannon where <laughs> beside the finish um and, and you know i get it so like i get you know you want styles to go over you don't want to hurt tanahashi and have him lose clean mm. shannon Moore hits tanahashi whatever but at the end of the day to me that kind of fucking it took it from like a, a four and a half like a four star match like a three 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 and a half star match
0: yeah no like you said it makes sense especially when you put it that way how you know neither guy gets you know a clean loss here which is fine i get it but it's so funny you have aj styles and hiroshi tanahashi which Back then, they were a bit pretty big stars, but today, I mean, these guys are legends. I mean, they're two of the biggest stars in the world, still both still going today. And uh, amongst all of this, the biggest spotlight here, the main takeaway, is fucking Shannon Moore, which is- dude, the
1: the the Prince of Punk, oh, of getting involved with AJ Styles and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yeah, it kind of left it left a fucking sour taste in my mouth, and like. <laughs> spun my stomach a little bit i was like that was the ending of this match i don't know i thought the match was good though like i I was into it they got me into it Uh, the crowd was into it but yeah shannon Moore fucking soured the match for me
0: yeah it it was it was a solid match i think they would go on to have much better matches in later years i mean i was here expecting like a five-star match and i sure got punked yeah yes you did (sighs) But anyways, so but yeah, AJ wins with the Styles class, like you said. But oh, I gotta bring up first of all, the uh, the Mister TNA award, which was a uh, I guess an annual fan voted poll. Um, you could go on their website and vote for who is Mister TNA, and AJ Styles just won it. Um, he was awarded a plaque on Impact. What's, you got a problem with plaques? I don't know, man. I <laughs> the whole the
1: whole. The whole thing to me is silly. the fact that AJ Styles is feuding with Shannon Moore over a plaque that he won because Shannon Moore stealing his plaque. I don't know. That's just so
0: well, he silly. stole anyway. his plaque, man. You don't want to
1: get it. You got to kill TV time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look, man. Wild. If, if Wild. I if I got a plaque, I would not want it to be stolen by a ridiculous uh, mohawked man. So no. No,
1: I don't see. I just think like AJ Styles is, and and it's the same thing that you were thinking. You were thinking you were gonna get this like five star classic match, yeah. But you know, Tanay said Tanahashi's only. He was a six year pro at the time. AJ was still relatively young, so I thought the match was good for what we got. But no, fuck that plaque and fuck
0: Shannon Moore. (laughs) (laughs) But man, that plaque is like you brought it up. So Shannon Moore, he, he runs in there because he stole AJ's plaque a few weeks ago. He goes to hit AJ hits Tanahashi in the head that the the flop on the head of Tanahashi from that plaque <laughs> uh, was uh, brutal. But uh, but yeah, so solid match there. Um, always love the uh, the international flavor that they that TNA tried to bring to their shows back then. And they would eventually have like a whole like World X Cup, like a tournament of guys from Japan and Mexico and like Okada would like a young Okada would come in at some point and stuff like that. So they're really out of a curve as far as that goes. Yes,
1: Sonata was over there for a while
0: too with James yeah. Storm.
1: That's where, that's where I learned about Sonata first.
0: Yeah, same here. Um, yeah. But uh, after that, we have a uh, change of pace here. We got Raven. So Raven and Larry Zbysko have been feuding, which is a funny, like 2006. Like that they're <laughs> the guys that are feuding here.
1: Right. So random, dude. I was like, Raven and Larry with the retirement match.
0: Yeah, (laughs) so is and this has been going on for several months. So Raven was the NWA champion like in the summer of 05. He uh, he lost the title to Jeff Jarrett in some random ass house show in Canada. And Raven basically blames Larry Zabisco for that because he's the the main authority figure and he should have done something about it because Team Canada cost it was a whole thing but um so raven and larry zobisco have been going at it back and forth and larry's like his life's been made made a living hell by raven so he keeps like offering raven like here take the severance package and get get out of here i can't deal with you anymore and then every pay-per-view is like oh i got another guy from your past to come you know take you out like it was just incredible one month and then it was uh uh, fucking Chris Canyon, the, the next pay per view. So it's been like guys from Raven's past, which is a cool little thing. And it's the same case here. But in this case, if Raven loses, he's fired from TNA, and his opponent here is Sean Waltman, aka X-Pac. <laughs> Who man? So X-Pac, l- low key, in two thousand five, had some banger ass matches in TNA. I I would I'll go as far to say some of his best matches ever were in TNA in two thousand five. No shit. Uh, his match with AJ was really good, but then against AJ Styles, but it was still a great match. Um, him and Raven even had a match, which I guess is what this is kind of referencing—is a guy from his past. Yeah, Xplod and Raven had a, like a what was it called? Like clock clockwork house of fun match. It was like a hardcore match with you know a cage, um, but that was a really good match, and so they're kind of harping on that uh, in this match which I guess is no DQ. They never really mentioned it. I don't think unless I missed it, but uh, Raven comes out with a shopping cart as per usual with all sorts of weapons. And what'd you think about that shopping cart spot off the stage? Dude, that was crazy.
1: I definitely put that in my notes. I said uh, the first thing I said when I saw X-Pac, I was like, Oh, Raven has to be feeling good. You know, he should be able to whoop X-Pac's match. I I assumed it was a no DQ match. Yeah. And then I saw the shopping cart, and I thought it was—I was like, "What a fucking weapon, man!" The way <laughs> X Pac was using it against Raven. I mean, he was just fucking battering him with it. Yeah. I never, you know, I never thought that you can just abuse someone so bad with a cart. And then Raven just throws him in there like he's a little baby and just pushes him off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was freaking awesome, dude. You know. <clears throat> Innovative spot. Um, I I don't remember seeing it. I mean, if I did, I you know, I, I don't remember. I thought it was a really cool spot, and. I thought that this match had no right being as, as good as it was. I thought, I thought it was a really fun match. I mm-hmm. thought the ending was pretty fucked up. I, I don't think in a no DQ match you can put your foot on the ropes and it matters, does it? I, I, I mean, maybe maybe so, I was off with my thinking there.
0: So my interpretation of it is always if your foot's on the rope, you're out of bounds. And it's not a false Count Anywhere match. It's a no disqualification match. So that's kind of my thinking, but...
1: Okay. Yeah, that's that's fair. Thank you. Yeah, because I wanted to bring that up because the way yeah. the match ended, um, which was odd, you know, Zabisco, the way he counted, anyways. I mean, I, I get it the way I thought the story was cool. He was kind of counting for Raven, you know, when he was pinning X Pac, he didn't he wouldn't have to do that. Yeah. Um, but I guess the foot on you know, shenanigans, man, all these shenanigans at this paper, tons here. of shenanigans, but uh <laughs> But more shenanigans. The foot's on the rope, so Raven technically doesn't lose. What it did was, is you know, someone who hasn't been watching the show made me want to watch the next pay per view for sure. And I, I'm curious to see what Raven's story is from here. Yeah, uh, foot on the rope, the no DQ thing. It was, yeah, it's kind of odd, especially after and then especially when you encompass what happens in the tag team title match later on in the night. Um, but right. I thought the match, like I said, had had no right being as good as it was. And it, it, was a, it was a fun, hardcore match.
0: Yeah, I mean, tons of fun spots in this match. You got like a Bronco Buster into a ladder or at least an attempt. But X-Pac misses. Yeah. Um, at some point, the ref gets knocked out. So Larry Zabisco, like you mentioned, becomes the referee, I guess. I guess he can just do that. Um, he's not counting super slow. I, I would have thought there had been more of like a slow count deal when Raven was pinning and like a fast count when X-Pac is pinning. But it was pretty like consistent. But uh, Don West seemed to think his, his slowest count, and he had a funny line. He was like, I had two birthdays by the time he finished that count. <laughs> <laughs> I did hear that. Yeah, that stood out. Don West fucking rules, man.
1: Um, He's an energetic son of a bitch, dude. My God, man. Yeah. He, he was into that show, dude.
0: Did, are, you, are you a Don West fan? I feel like he got so much shit back in the day for his commentary, but I, I love Don West so i need to i need to watch more of it i'm uh so i'm a marlin allo hater
1: hater so i'm not into like the super screamy shit um you know like gus johnson i don't know if you're like you watch sports and shit, but like gus john yeah like gus johnson um sometimes he does it for me like in big moments i want that but i don't need you screaming you know all show all game like it a guy runs for three yards and gets a first down, like, I don't need him. Oh my god. <laughs> um and I, I feel like I feel like if I watch a lot of Don would get annoyed with him. But yeah. I'd like to give him another opportunity because like, you know, it was one show. Like I I feel like I was going off and like into this as a one-off and I thought I loved it. You know, consistently every week, maybe it would annoy
0: me. I one time, that. loved it. Yeah, because yeah. you have Mike Tenay there for like the the nuts and bolts of it, the knowledge, and you have Don West with the just the pure energy. I thought it was a good. They had good chemistry together. Yeah,
1: yeah, I thought I thought I thought they did well on this show. Tenay was screaming a lot on this show too. I thought the both of them were screaming a lot. Um, but <laughs> yeah. so again, I didn't give it. I didn't think it. I thought they were good though. So I don't want to say that they uh-huh. were bad by any means because again, they they told the story and got me into the show. I knew everything that I needed to know about the show while I was watching it. A lot of it was due to the story that they were telling both before matches and during matches.
0: Yeah. And even here, I mean, they're after this match ends like they're they like they have the emotion that like they're really just pissed, like because X-Pac, he hits the uh, X-Factor off a ladder through a table, pins Raven. But like you said, Raven's foot was on the rope, but Larry made the count anyway. And uh, so x puck wins and Raven is gone from TNA. So you know, Larry's out here. He's just berating Raven, gets security to escort him out. He's uh Raven. He's he's walking out. He's not like, you know, go, kicking and screaming. He's like, oh, I lost whatever. So he leaves all the way to the back. The camera falls. him all the way to the parking lot, basically. Then you got <laughs> Jackie Gata wobbles in who uh I don't know it did if it felt like she didn't know how to walk in the heels that she was wearing or something something was off I don't know or maybe the tits were too big the bolts yes
1: I I know I did did notice that and I was like damn okay
0: man but uh like fresh out the box it looked like not bad uh,
1: yeah yeah
0: but uh, there's a whole like Back, like, uh, of, of like a backstory with Jackie Gata. There's like, she's been screwed by TNA in some way. I think it ends up being like, she was promised a job, but then Gail Kim took it instead of her or something like that. I forget. But um, Jackie Gata's she she like runs into Raven. Larry's there and Jackie's like, you know, meet you, me, Raven. We both have gotten screwed by TNA and we're going to fix this or whatever. She said, then uh, Jackie storms off and he's like, Come here, Grandpa, you know, pointing at Larry Zabisco. I got a bone to pick with you. So it's like a weird little look, what a cast of characters. Well, what I, got, I got, got out of
1: it was that Zabisco and Gato were fucking and ah. that she and that she had some sort of like issue, like he did her wrong or something, or like he owed her something because she like went Hollywood, you know, mm-hmm. like she got a role because she fucked the producer or something along those lines. That that's like how how, how I was seeing it. But yeah. I had no backstory on it, so I saw it however the fuck I
0: wanted to see it, and that's <laughs> why I
1: chose to see it.
0: I, um, go- going forward, I'm gonna have your backstory along with it. That, <laughs> I enjoy that so much more than whatever this bullshit was. Uh, but after that, we got uh, two guys currently wrestling for WWE. We got Run the Truth Killings versus Bobby Roode, uh, with Scott Demore, of course, Team Canada. Uh, kind of just a a throwaway match here and nothing really stuck with me as far as the match itself like, i got an impact they did the whole deal where truth he beat bobby rude in like two seconds and then he Bobby was like oh, that's bullshit i wasn't ready and then they had a rematch right after and then truth beat him again in like 30 seconds and then he's like oh wait no uh one more time and then they had a third match which bobby rude won. And now this is the fourth match so uh, and it's all, the whole thing like truth is now he's he's away from he's trying to get away from the three life crew drama. So he's just kind of doing his own thing. So kind of a random match here, but it was fine, I guess. I don't know. What, what'd you think about it?
1: Well, I thought it was. Uh, well, first of all, I just want to say one more thing before I talk about this match. Yeah. Uh, in my notes, I did say Don West is so mad about Raven oh, being yes. gone. So yeah. I thought that was. Uh, I thought that that was good like great character work by Don West like great emotion so so yeah dude Don West is good I yeah, got yeah, you know a lot of positive things to say about him yeah. um tr- and I I thought Truth it's wild man when he talks he's still the same old Truth 16 years later dude mm-hmm. doesn't look like he aged a day man it's, no. it's 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 freaking crazy still entertaining as hell um I thought the match was solid in the ring um I thought I thought Truth should have been angrier that he lost the match because Conan coming out there and basically distracting him. Mm-hmm. And I thought after the story that Tanae told, which you just told that after the third match, I don't know why these guys needed to have a fourth match, but I digress. Yeah. Uh, throwaway match for sure. The match was fine. Um, and I wrote, I was in- intrigued to see where the story would go with the James gang, K dog and R truth. Mm-hmm. Cause that was the story they told after the match. It was
0: about all of those guys. Right, yeah. So Brood wins with the Northern Lariat. Um, but this is Duke, Conan at some point walks out there in, in the middle of the match to uh, doesn't really do anything, He kind of just walks out, you know, allegedly to help Truth but Truth gets distracted, which allows Bobby Roode at the Northern Lariat. So uh, Conan essentially costs Truth the match here. So they Conan and Truth are going at it in the ring, they're kind of just, you know, calmly, you know, arguing, I guess, in the middle of the ring. And BG James comes out with a mic. Something about, uh, oh, man, what a family reunion we got going out here. Well, this time someone's ass is getting kicked or some stupid shit, he said. And then he goes in there, he goes to uh, attack Conan. But then in comes Homicide without Apollo because he's not here, remember? Uh, But Homicide just gets in there like a fucking cannon and just kicks the shit out of BG James along with Conan. Uh, Truth basically just leaves. He has no part of this because, like I said, he kind of just wants to separate himself from all this drama. So Truth leaves as uh, they, they LAX, the two members of LAX, beat up on BG James. But then Kip James comes out with a steel chair to make the save, runs off LAX. And then, uh, yeah, kind of a little cliffhanger there to see uh, what happens there and who they bring in to join LAX now that Apollo's gone, I guess.
1: Yeah, it was cool. Good. They, it, was a, it was a good story. I am very, I was intrigued to see where it goes next. This pay-per-view makes me want to watch this pay-per-view a lot of ways. There's a lot of good yeah. stories on here.
0: Yeah, very. Um, that's one thing about TNA. Like every level of the card had some story to it, which is like the Attitude Era did that very well. Even like the lower card guys had some sort of story. And I think a lot of times it's something that's lost in current wrestling. Um, so yeah, some real gold from TNA in that sense for sure. Um, but then after that, we got Rhino versus Abyss. Uh, Abyss, of course, accompanied by James Mitchell. And yeah, this is you brought up Abyss earlier. This is definitely, I would say, peak Abyss. Definitely physically, probably from a character standpoint, hit the peak Abyss because eventually it would get weird. He would start talking, and then he had like his alter ego, and then he took his mask off with face paint. Like yeah, he had a lot of weird iterations. He had like a a white jumpsuit. Like at some point, it was it got really weird yeah. with Abyss. But right here, I mean, he's he has the black get up with the mask, and James Mitchell just accompanies his character perfectly. I think. Um, very, very. So at this point, Abyss is still very mysterious and a very believable monster, and uh, Rhino, who's still relatively fresh, uh, freshly debuted. I guess it's been a few months, but uh, yeah. So Rhino and Abyss are going at it here, and I, again, there's another match where I don't think they mentioned that it was a no disqualification match, but then all of a sudden chairs get brought in and <laughs> shit. It's like, I think with this match, my main takeaway here is I think it would it was a good match. I think it would have been better had they like really committed to the hardcore element. Cause it, it was yeah. like a few chairs, but I feel like if they really had like a brutal hardcore match, it would have stuck out amongst the other matches on this card. What did you think about it?
1: Yeah, I thought it was a decent match. Uh, like I said earlier, I, I do not I wasn't too big into Abyss. I thought it was weird. I didn't think he was very good in the ring. I hated his choke slam uh, more than anything. I always thought his choke slam was weak as fuck so hmm. going into this and i never thought rhino was anything special and rhino is like a nwa world champion ecw world champion he was on fucking team wcw ecw uh when when yeah. they, we, they did the survivor series match so everyone thinks rhino is this huge deal and i just really i never saw it in this match i saw rhino do a snap into a running drop kick on the business neck and then a, a fucking running leg drop and i was like is Rhino wrestling right now is, is that was <laughs> going down in this um you know. So I, so I saw some intriguing things in this match I enjoyed it more just like the Xbox and Raven match I enjoyed this match way more than I thought I was uh-huh. it was a decent match it was nothing special um I thought a character looked really cool like like you said with Jane's the interview that they had uh-huh. in the in the vignettes the way he was presented all black Texas chainsaw Mass- massacre mask just yelling, just like screaming, like <laughs> with James, James Mitchell. Like, like, like James Mitchell is fucking uh, doing his thing. The only thing I didn't like was like that weird fucking arm thing that he kept fucking doing. Um, Y'all don't really know what that, this means. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, that's all I got to do. Like, <laughs> which I like. I, I dug that shit. You know what I mean? I dug that. Uh-huh. Um, like, cause he looks scary. scary in yeah. that mask. He looks scary. And then. He looked good in the ring, he didn't do a choke slam, so I was very happy about that. <laughs> I didn't have to see him do a shitty choke slam to rhino. And I liked uh, I I love the, the boss man slam. So seeing yeah. guys do the boss man slam, yeah. You yeah, know, he calls it the black hole slam, but it's the boss man slam at the end of the day. Um, and I'm sure it was someone before it was the boss man slam, but we call it the boss man slam. Sure. I love the black hole slam, ending the match on the chairs. That was a good way to go. Rhino doesn't look weak that way, mm-hmm. and abyss was the right winner, in my opinion. And this abyss he seemed cool
0: yeah no he was definitely like a really cool character at this point (laughs) i love how it's rhino versus abyss you got these two monsters and your main takeaway is that there was a cool snapmare and there was no choke slams (laughs) 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 that's the perfect formula for for a horse battle
1: (laughs) what the fuck dude
0: oh yeah yeah.
1: i just thought it was so random like rhino does a Snapmare to Abyss of all moves. I don't know. You Maybe fucking love Snapmares. Snapmares is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> it just like, yeah. know, it's just like it's, it's wrestling, baby. A, a Snapmare yeah. takedown on the Monster Abyss with a running dropkick to the back. I was like, what am I watching? Bret Hart right now? Is, it, is this a Bret
0: Hart match? Have, have you seen That's that? Gross. It's like 2006 or whatever. It's the Kane versus the big show and they're doing like hammer locks and like Kip-ups and chain wrestling (laughs) kind of shit. Oh, I I get what you're saying. It's always like, it's like so out of place. It's hilarious.
1: Yeah. It just felt, it felt so random, but you know, I I didn't hate it. And and that's, and that's cool for sure.
0: Yeah. That's, that's that's what you want when you're watching wrestling, not to hate it. Um, But yeah, black hole slam on some, like a pile of chairs for the win for abyss. Um, but after that, talk about shenanigans! Boy, they are a plenty in this uh, tag team title match. We got oh my God. AMW America's Most Wanted, the team of Chris Harris and James Storm versus Team Three D, Brother Ray, Brother Devon. Who, and of course, you got Gail Kim with uh, AMW, and uh, <laughs> you brought the line. By Bubba, he's like, we would give up all 18 of our titles just to hold the NWA titles once. I get it. You got to build up the match, uh, I guess, in some circles, the NWA title. I mean, at this point, I don't know. It's it's the TNA tag team titles at this point. But right. That's what
1: I that's what I was thinking, too. I was like, why the fuck isn't it called the TNA tag titles yet?
0: When, when does yeah. that go down? How long after? I think it's pretty soon. I want to say like yeah. a year, maybe two. We're getting there, Um, but yeah. So uh, this match here, it's a Team 3Ds. They they debuted a few months ago. They were uh, almost immediately taken out by AMW, just left bloody in the ring. They had like a whole fake funeral for them. Um, They had a match at the last pay-per-view, which is just a pure grudge match. It was like a tables match, but the titles weren't on the line because it was, I think commentary said, uh, it wasn't about titles, it was about revenge. But like, why can't it be about both? But I digress, but now revenge love that word. <laughs> I love digressing, man. I love to digress. You stay digressing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we got the titles on the line here and uh, so, it, it is a really fun match. I mean, this is probably like as far as like matches go. I mean, well, next division, probably next division titles, probably my match of the night, but this, this one was up there, too um it's mm-hmm. really fun false finishes like you got like a doomsday device by the dudleys oh. you got um i marked out hard as fuck for that one dude, oh, i got all
1: capitals in my notes doomsday device <laughs> oh <laughs> Just,
0: man i love that shit painted the walls white with that one but yeah uh, <laughs> dude because
1: they were fucking hyping hyping the dudleys is the only team to win the grand slam of north american championships and i'm like the War- road warriors have won all the same fucking titles just because they didn't win the ECW titles. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I, 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 I digress. And the Dudleys didn't even win the WCW tag team titles in WCW. They won them in the fucking WWF dude. <laughs> like as so what they're saying is bullshit. The road warriors of anything are the most decorated. Accounts, man. IW-
0: fuck off no man it was <laughs> okay Yeah, the period in wwf in 2001 during the invasion oh where there was God. 18 different titles and every match was a title match the, that was amongst all of this at some point the dudley's stumbled upon the wcw tag team titles
1: yes. yeah so the, i mean i was like all right well the road warriors had definitely done all of this plus more in a bag of chips but i digress and I get, I get I get I get where we're going with this and the match was fucking really fun dude it was it was a good match for sure. I enjoyed it all. Mm-hmm. The doomsday device I marked out like crazy. Um my question for you, I wanted to ask you going into this was one is Jeff Jarrett, AMW, and uh the alpha male with Gail Kim. Is that a stable? And two, is Wildcat Chris Harris more of the leader of this tag team? Like, was he the more of the alpha of the two? I always thought it was James Storm because Mm -hmm. I always knew James Storm more as TNA progressed. He was like, became like the guy, obviously.
0: I mean, as far as the tag team goes, I feel like they were pretty equal at this point, but eventually, because Chris Harris and James Storm eventually would break up and they would have a feud against each other. And they were definitely positioning, from what I remember, if I'm remembering correctly, they were positioning Chris Harris as like a a main eventer. Like I think he was in a few world title match, like a King of the Mountain match or something. So they, they tried it with Chris Harris, but for whatever reason, never caught on. And Then, uh, that was what I got out of it.
1: And then the other thing I got out of it was their jackets were nasty, dude. <laughs> they fucking look sick, dude. They yes. had really cool get up coming into the ring, man. Um, so that was cool, too. Yeah,
0: sure. a- AMW. And to answer your other question, yeah, they were. It was so the fashion is Jarrett, uh, you know, Monty Brown, I guess, is a part of it. AMW, Team Canada is involved as well. So this is all. The major they were games. all over
1: they were all over the fucking show dude lots of uh lots of kahoots. canadians everywhere eric young bobby rude i don't know who that massive man was but a1 crazy is that who that was a1 fucking sucks
0: who is, man yeah
1: <laughs> probably why i don't know who that massive man was no he's literally <laughs> just a guy
0: with muscles and that's the extent of it but it makes sense um but yeah so amw i mean they were like 2004, 2005. These guys were the shit. Like they were the most overact probably in TNA. Uh, eventually turned heel. So what I brought up, you know, Raven losing, er, yeah, Raven losing the title in Canada. That involved AMW turning heel, and they were the ones that essentially awarded Jarrett the title, which is a reign that he's still on at this point. And you know, Gail Kim's there as well. So yeah, it's a big old, big old faction there.
1: Because they were they were like the big face tag team feuding with Team Canada before this, right?
0: Right. Yeah.
1: See, look at Mike tonight telling stories in his commentary, baby. Look at that. Because I I didn't Wikipedia that shit. I got that from the commentary. Yeah, it's
0: almost like that's their job or something. You know. I mean, come on, dude. <laughs> Tell telling stories. Tell it. You guys. <laughs> oh, fucking Jimmy Smith on Raw. Oh, what a move! Uh, God, man, that's all oh, in the podcast itself um but yeah so like I like because that' pretty fun match tables get involved uh one gets set up on the outside which eventually james storm gets pushed off the top rope through which is a fucking sick bump uh that was
1: a sick bump dude he did a full backflip through the table yeah. but this was another match like other matches on this show where uh physical objects foreign foreign objects is what I meant to say were used in front of officials mm-hmm. and the officials just like didn't give a shit. So again, it was like another match. So I was confused. Like, are, are we just allowed to do this kind of shit? But I guess whatever. Um, it was, it was a fun, match. it was a real fun, man. So uh, I'm sure you were going there. The baby, the baby powder, I was irritated about it. All right. Uh-huh. I was like, this is bullshit. First of all, I thought it was bullshit because I wanted to see team 3d win that title dude i was i was with, I was with
0: I, it man i I was with you i was like i was so excited yeah. at this finish and then it just yeah. go go ahead yeah bro i got yeah and you can go ahead too like i was
1: fucking amped. they won i was so like i i marked out 16 years later watching this show i was so excited i got to see this shit i'm like yeah. i get sting's fucking debut and i get team 3d or the dudley boys i don't know what i'm calling them it team 3d i got the fucking blue boys first nwa tna tag team title like that's big but the way they ended their shit so babe you know gail kim comes in they got the baby powder in the ring which took way too long as it was baby powder gets up in the ref's face somehow i don't know there was it ends up being a 3d dudley's get to win the ref counts it out team canada comes out lays out bubba puts fucking James Storm, I believe, on top of Bubba, wakes the ref up, the ref thinks that he counted an AMW win, and AMW <laughs> is still your tag team champions. I'm like, what the fuck did I, is, you know And then I started to think to myself, is Russo booking this shit? And I ask you, is Russo booking
0: this shit? <laughs> Who's booking this shit? I don't actually what think... What the fuck w- is going on, bro? I don't actually think Russo is there yet. I could be wrong, but I think... Like Dusty was there yep. for for a while, but oh. he he left like early 05. I don't really know who's doing the booking at this point, but it could be Russo. If if not Russo, it's somebody very influenced by Russo. Because man, how did you feel? <laughs> how did you feel about it, dude? Among the dumbest finishes I've ever seen in my life. I mean, because like the Dudleys, <laughs> you know, they get the pin. Never. Like a, a three, because yeah, like you said, Harris, he has the powder, cocaine, whatever it is in his hand, he's prepared to throw it in somebody's eyes and it gets knocked. It goes everywhere. It goes in his eyes. It goes in Gail's eyes. It goes in the ref's eyes. That's very important. And then the Dudley's hit the 3D on Chris Harris. They pin him. The ref counts three, but he can't see because he has jizz in his eye or some white white substance. (laughs) Then it it caught me off guard because they got the pinfall crowd goes nuts. The Dudley's go nuts. I go nuts. But then there's no music. There's no music after it which i was like wait a minute they're about the there's some there's some shenanigans afoot here then like the canadians it feels like every you want you, you turn on a tna show in this period you're going to see the canadians rushing the ring at the end of a match at least once a show um in this case several times a show but they with hockey sticks i don't know if you got this team canada yeah. they're canadians canadians like hockey you know so
1: I assume that's why they were dressed in all red garb and had hockey jerseys on. And then when they came out to do the beatdown, they had hockey jerseys. Like they was some sort of Michael Myers or Jason, I'm sorry, variation.
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, the Canadians beat down the Dudleys. And then like you said, they put, I guess Harris over one of the Dudleys. And then the ref just decides he, he not now the, the substance is out of his eyes. He had like somebody ringside with a towel or something. But apparently, that person, whoever got the dust out of his eyes, couldn't tell him who he counted. So the ref just gets up. He's like, oh, this guy's on top of this guy. I guess that means they won. So is yeah, very, um, it's like no other ref could have come out there and be like, hey, hey, pal. Well, it wasn't them, it was these guys, but whatever. I mean, I guess <laughs> they've done this before, the Dudleys, like a tables match, like somebody would go through the table and then. But the refs down, and then they'll put the other guy like in the, in the wreckage of the table. I think they've done that in WWF before too. So, yeah, really silly finish. But... Yeah, I get it, dude. I like, I, I get what they were
1: trying to do. I get they're trying to tell the story, like continue the story. Mm-hmm. But damn, that was that was so weak. Like that, just like the AJ Styles Tanahashi match. After this match, I was like, oh, I got like that deflated feeling. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it's very. uh little aftershock of wcw maybe still running through the the mindset of whoever's booking this shit it yeah it was i
1: and again it's i get why they did it and it's creative yeah in essence i mean i've never again that's another thing i haven't seen done before but it is what it is i'm gonna go watch the next pay-per-view now i got my impact plus membership Um, i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna watch uh I'm going to watch the next pay-per-view now because I want to see what happens with this. And I'm going to assume team 3d wins the titles at that next pay-per-view or when's wins bound for glory coming up. When was the show? Is this like an early February show?
0: This is January. So it's, it's the first pay-per-view oh. 2006 Bound for glory is not for another eight, okay. 10 months. So, but they, they All definitely right. win the titles a few times in their TNA years, So eventually they get it. But, um, but yeah, like I get, yeah, I guess, yeah, it leaves you wanting the Dudleys to destroy both AMW and team Canada. Um, so I guess it's good in that sense, but uh, <laughs> it's entertaining, whatever it is. And like you said, it's very unique, like I haven't seen that finish before. So yeah, devil's advocate, I guess. But um, so we're backstage with De- Shane Douglas now, which first of all, can I get your thoughts on Shane Douglas and his interviewing skills? If you have any random as fuck? I'm like, why
1: is Shane Douglas <laughs> our backstage interview of air, interviewer of all the people in the world? You have Shane Douglas as your backstage. I don't know. I didn't, and I don't think he did a bad job. Yeah, I thought he. I thought he was fine. I just thought it was incredibly random that he, of all people, like watching his peers, like Raven, Rhino, the Dudleys, right, out there performing, doing their thing still, and then he's just doing like some backstage interview role. It felt weird, you know. He's a former champion on many levels, and he's just relegated to that role. I don't. I didn't. I. I thought he did a fine job. I thought it was weird, and I didn't necessarily like it.
0: Yeah, I wonder, I mean, I don't know like what his like physical status is at this point, but it seemed like he could go. It seemed like he was in pretty good shape. So it's like he's not wrestling, but Raven is. Like I don't know. Uh, but we're backstage with Shane Douglas here. He's with uh, Jeff Jarrett and Monty Brown. Really just a, a great promo by both guys, uh, personally, I thought. Because Jarrett, like, say what you want about Jeff Jarrett. That dude can cut a promo when he wants to. And he's bringing up. Because like you said, Christian he's still newly debuted, and I love Jarrett's referencing like storylines from WWE where Christian he like backstabbed Chris Jericho, uh, who he was teaming with like a year before this, and then a few years before this he backstabbed Edge, his longtime partner, which is still calling his brother, which I thought was pretty funny that that that's canon even in TNA. Um, but <laughs> no, yeah. Was shit, yeah, yeah. Well, basically, I guess this, this serves the purpose of planting seeds of mistrust, uh, like in the the team of Christian and Sting, who are going to be teaming together in the main event. So, and then Monty Brown does his whole thing. Like I don't even know what he said, but I loved every bit of it. He, well, what What do you think of Monty Brown? I don't know how much of, of of him you've seen before. All right. So first and foremost,
1: I I thought Jared's promo was off a little bit. I've I've seen him cut better. I do love how he referenced Christian in his WWE stuff. Mm -hmm. because i was like damn tna just sitting here dropping wwe shit in the middle of their pay-per-view right about to go into their co-main events that's cool yeah like they they just don't give a fuck and like they keep that story like canon as you said and then and then monty brown was fucking awesome dude i thought i I always went back in those days when i when i watched i enjoyed him i thought monty brown was fucking Mm -hmm. awesome i thought he was a super freak i thought he was a talent I watched this show, and I was so entertained by his character, dude. All the different voices he did, it just made me laugh. Yeah. Uh, and he was so aggressive. And he, he's just a fucking big, monstrous man. And it got me thinking to myself, like, why was it? In, and then I watched the main event, and we'll talk about it later. But I thought he was fine in ring. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know what, what happened. Why wasn't he more of a thing, dude, I, I guess?
0: I wake up every morning, and the first thought I have every morning when I wake up, is why wasn't Monty Brown a bigger deal in wrestling? Because <laughs>
1: dude, oh, dude, he, what the fuck, man? He had a, it looked like he like Big E, very reminiscent of Big E, dude.
0: Yeah, I mean Monty Brown, he like, he had his character was it was so unique and so entertaining. They they definitely missed the boat on Monty Brown because he would be in TNA for a little bit. I mean, at this point, he's kind of just like the second to Jeff Jarrett, which. I, he's in the main event, so like you, there's worse places to be. But like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Jeff
1: Jarrett looking like fucking uh Tiger King and shit that was the first <laughs> yes. thing I said to you when I saw. I watched the first three minutes of this and I was like, oh, look at Jeff Jarrett looking like Tiger King and shit back in 2006.
0: It's crazy, like just <laughs> like him. I had that in my mind when I turned the show on. I was like, yep, yep, he's exactly right. That's Joe yep. Exotic right there. Yeah, and I didn't even mean
1: like um alpha male reminds me of Biggie just because they're two big monstrous black dudes, but just like the <laughs> character, bro. The yeah. way he was fucking doing his voices and hopping around and just moving the energy, like yeah, that is like that's you that's hard to replicate, man. And yeah. I'm watching this and I'm just like, all right, maybe he's not a good worker, and then I watched the main event and I'm like. He is a fine worker. Mm-hmm. I do remember they tried pushing him for the world title at some point. I could be wrong. You got me one. They go back to watching these shows. Like I want to see what happens. So
0: yeah, I you know, mean, maybe I'll see what happens. He, he was. I mean, he was in the world title scene. Uh, two thousand five, two thousand four, never won the title.
1: So, be, so so before this, so so it was yeah.
0: before this. Yeah, I don't, And then he went to WWE in like two thousand six, seven, right? Yeah, eight. Yeah, 2006, 2007, somewhere in there. But yeah, I don't think at this, I don't think he would never be in the world title picture ever again. I could be wrong on that. But with like Sting coming in, Kurt Angle, you got this when all the WWE guys are coming in, and it gets lost in the shuffle, unfortunately. Somehow. How
1: how disappointing. I might start waking up with that same thought, dude. Dude, I'm telling you. Why didn't Monty Brown, the alpha male, do more in this industry? That's fucking crazy. But he reminded me a lot of Keith Lee, too. Um, mm-hmm. not, not personality wise, very different personality wise, but just that pounce in the way you can kind of move in the ring. Um, so that pounce is sick, dude. That's fucking oh, nasty.
0: Dude. It's been, it, it, people try to replicate it, but nobody can do it. Like money Brown did it back in the day. I mean, he was just, he was the best. I mean, it was just like a former football player. Like that's the perfect finisher. For a guy, like it, it, like on paper, it sounds stupid, like oh, just a shoulder block, but and and the execution of it just looks like it obliterates the guy every time. Disgusting, bro! Disgusting, disgusting. But man, we got some fire up next, so we got the X Division Championship on the line. The champion Samoa Joe versus Christopher Daniels. Who, this was good. This was uh, just really, I mean. Just a smooth match, I guess is how I would phrase it. Um, And the backstory behind it. So, Smojo, Christopher Daniels, AJ Styles, these three have been in the title picture for a few months. They had their uh, three-way at Unbreakable a few months before this. And um, I think they would actually have a a rematch of that three-way at the next pay-per-view if I remember correctly. But Daniels and AJ, basically, I guess Joe Joe is the outlier here because he's kind of like the savage is how he's portrayed he's he doesn't care about the code it's like the code of honor and ring of honor is kind of like what they have here is like you shake hands before and after the match there's no shenanigans no like the main the, the world title scene you have all the interference and the weapons and the baby powder and all that shit X divisions very much like this is the pure wrestling on the show. But Samoa Joe he'll you know bring in chairs he'll low blow people he'll attack after the bell like he's just a savage I mean he, he looked like a beast here and he oh had, my god dude dude yeah what do you think about watching a young Samoa Joe here bro so like I was so
1: fucking jazz going into this match I'm looking at my notes again and it says I'm so fucking pumped going into this match like the vignettes this like the story that they were telling I was just fucking excited. Samoa Joe undefeated seven months in a, in a AEW cow. <laughs> Samoa, Samoa Joe undefeated seven months in fucking TNA. Uh, mm-hmm. The way they, pre- the way you just described him was the way they described him. Just like a fucking, the, a, a fucking savage killer. Mm-hmm. And that's what he looked like. He came out and he just looked, that's what, that's the Samoa Joe that I remember fierce. He was lean. Like he was still big. You uh-huh. know, but he wasn't like he is now, like he's out of shape now, and he's older 16 years later. Yeah I, yeah, I don't I can't blame him for being out of shape, but dude was a machine, man, and he looked crisp, his moves were sharp. This match was physical. Christopher Daniels, I was never into. Um, I was yeah. very into him in this match. He had me going with the story. I thought he was great. They they told an awesome story together, and I literally thought Samoa Joe fucking killed christopher daniels dude (laughs) dude. i (laughs) i was like watching this match and i was like looked at my wife and i was like i swear to god i think samoa joe just killed this man she's like what do you mean i'm like he just like battered this guy to to an oblivion and Mm -hmm. it just made you feel bad for christopher daniels it made you feel like samoa joe was unstoppable and it made me really think that we're gonna and aj styles threw the towel in in the match and it made me really think that we're gonna get this samoa joe AJ Styles match for the X Division title, and it's going to be huge. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. So they, I, th- I think they, that's where we're going.
0: They actually so AJ and Joe actually had matches. Uh, they had a match at the previous pay-per-view, I believe. Turning point. Go watch that match. If you don't, if you go back okay. and watch any TNA, go watch Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles. Actually, they've had two pay-per-view matches. Watch both of them. They're both incredible. Um, this match is very good, too. I don't know if it matched the level of Joe and AJ, but it was still very good. Um, it just put the brutality at the end, man, like you said. Um, so AJ, so Joe, and the are playing off of um, how this kind of whole all, all initially started. Joe gave Daniels a concussion at some point. I forget if he was impact or if it was on a pay per view, but Daniels was out for like a month due to a concussion. Um, but he's back here, and it's like a question of, Oh, are you recovered? Are you still concussed? What is it? So Joe, it's like a back and forth match. You got like Uranagi's best moonsault ever. Ever. You got all of Joe's classic moves, just done to like a like you said, a crisp and a crisp way. The power bombs, the 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 kicks. Oh, god, so So good.
1: crisp, just like Chris Sabin earlier in the night, dude. Joe was executing at a fucking level, man. Yeah,
0: and then um, Daniels even does this crazy like slingshot elbow to the outside, like. <laughs> In my notes, slingshot elbow that was disgusting, dude.
1: Dude, just a straight man, up. I didn't mean to cut you. I just got. No, I got please. hyped for that, dude. This match was aw- This match got aw- This match was awesome, man. Like, yeah. like this match really got me invested. Like, this was wrestling. This was storytelling at its finest.
0: Yeah, and then it all kind of comes to a halt when they're fighting on the outside. And then we get the spot that Joe would kind of become known for. He sits Christopher Daniels on a chair on the outside, up against the steel barricade. Does a face wash kick into the barricade. Daniels is busted open. He's basically—I don't know if they're alluding that he's—he's he's got another concussion. That's basically the story here. Mm-hmm. Joe with the brutal elbows to the head, whip brings him in the ring, and these he <laughs> he fucking punts the shit out of Daniels. He kicks him right in the head several times. And then Daniels is prone face down on the mat blood everywhere. Joe with these the most brutal knees I've ever seen just on the right on the top of the dome of Daniels, just relentless. And AJ Styles comes out with a towel and Joe is just he could pin him, but he's not going to because he wants to end Daniel's career here is basically the story. So just knee after knee after knee to the head of Daniels. And then AJ, like you said, eventually throws in the towel and uh, Joe gets to win, I guess by TKO, technically, but uh, man. And then commentaries. There's another occurrence where commentaries just, like pissed at Joe. He's like, God damn it, Joe. There's a code you didn't have to do it. like that. The commentary accompanied it perfectly. Um, but yeah, it's great shit. Great shit.
1: Yeah, this was another match that I said Tanae and West just killed it. Yeah, they, they, they were awesome. Everything about this match was great. There was no shenanigans. There was a great the story going into it was good. The match itself was great. The ending like Joe killed that man. I swear yeah. to God Samoa Joe killed Christopher Daniels back in 2006. I don't know what he's doing on our screen still nowadays. He died in 2006. I saw it. <laughs> that was fucking crazy, bro. Yeah, that you know, that's a story, and that I'm I'm curious to see where Joe goes from there. I'm curious to see who he loses the X division title to, and who they give that first loss, or, or who who gives him his first loss.
0: Because I'd imagine
1: that's going to be a pretty big story.
0: Do you want me to tell you who gives him his first loss? Yeah, uh, go ahead, dude. Go ahead. So it's Kurt Angle, and it's not until the end of this year, but it's not. So he loses the X-Division title. I forget how he loses it. It might be a tr- – In a multiple-man multiple match? Yeah. Uh, so – Okay. It might cool. actually be the very that's next pay-per-view. Because cool. um, I know – Okay, because they want to push him to the next level. When does Kurt Angle in? Bound for Glory, I think, is where he debuts. I think he's just like an enforcer there, but that's in October. Um, okay. And then they have a match at the next pay-per-view, Joe and Angle. And that's where Joe loses for the first time, I believe, if I remember correctly. So so,
1: so in this year, the debut, Christian, Dudley's, Rhino, Sting, Kurt Angle are pushing AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, and Christopher Daniels. Man, mm-hmm. that's fucking
0: nasty-ass roster, bro. Dude, it's... I mean, I, I saw like an image on Twitter like recently. It was just a picture of the roster like from their website, and it's like the names on this roster. I mean, crazy. I mean, even like the X Division match crazy. in the opener, like Alt Raven, everybody, Abyss, just Sabu's hanging around somewhere. Like <laughs> crazy, crazy roster, bro. I was like, holy shit, this
1: fucking Impact in 2006 is stacked. And This is like pre-main event Mafia days. So it's, it's oh, before yeah. they bring those guys in.
0: Yeah, I would say the like the 2006 to like 2009 is like peak tna easily i mean just great stuff all around but um well that brings us to the main event this is what everybody came to see so we got a tag team match tag team match jeff jarrett and the alpha male monty brown versus the team of christian cage in a debuting sting whoo man so we got we got a Christian promo before the match, and again he references Edge and Jericho how he turned his back, which I thought was funny that they're really hammering that home. But um, but that leads us into the match. And uh, one one question I have: Sting's music here, bro? What? <laughs> Yo, we've been on the same page all damn show, really? and We're
1: still on the same page, verbatim. I said what the fuck is stings music is it some sort of like heavy metal like rock music it's not like pod to me i was like very very uh perturbed is the word i expected some dark lights fucking sting the crow something along yeah. those lines and he comes out to like heavy metal music or rock music i don't even i'm not like a huge music genre guy so maybe you can describe it better but i was very fucking thrown off dude
0: yeah, I mean, it's very like like this is like a POD, like whatever that genre is, like rock, some sort of rock. But he so he would go on to have, I don't know, it was just like some instrumental like, um but I don't know if they like dubbed it over it with this, which wouldn't make sense, because I'm pretty sure the music he had was an in-house thing by TNA, and then they double well, they dubbed over it with a real song. I was, I was very confused by this. Um, <laughs> it's bothering me the whole match personally, but um, but yeah, Sting is here. Just a uh, a huge moment for TNA. Uh they built the whole pay-per-view around it. I mean, they've been building this up since the last pay-per-view. The last pay-per-view closed with uh the lights went out and in the ring there was a chair set up with uh the black trench coat, a bat, his boots, and then you have like the Sting symbol on the screen. So they've been building up to this for a while. Oh and, cool. Um, That's awesome. Dude, Sting uh I think it lived up i mean sting looked like he was having fun in there i think it looked really good in 2006. what do you think about it i couldn't believe it was five years
1: that he was away from history i thought he looked in shape. the music threw me off i was like whoa 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 whoa! what is going on here yeah but yeah it looked like he was having fun he was into it um i don't know if i thought you know i thought the crowd was loud today um you know, I, I thought everyone in the arena looked like they were having a good time. They were all on their feet. And and, and Sting himself in the ring was looked like he was having a blast. He looked good. A lot of um, the, the Stinger splashes in the corner, I thought he was getting great air on those. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. And um, Christian was super over as well. So I thought it was a, a fun team, Christian and Sting. Uh, again, it's a main event match with Jeff Jarrett. You know you're going to get a lot of shenanigans. Gail Kim, Gail Kim's out there because again she's with Jarrett and Monty and all them. Uh, At some point she does this like crazy run off the apron on the Christian, just so like quick and snappy. It looks so good, so good. That was so good. It's a shame there's no other like women's wrestlers at this point in TNA, but eventually we'd get there. Eventually we'd get there. Um, Jarrett and Monty again alluding to Christian's past, they go for a concerto on Christian but Christian Ducks gets out of the way, hits a double TDT on both of them. Then uh, Sting gets the hot tag, like he's the Stinger splashes, all the classic Sting stuff, crowd type. Uh, the ref takes a bump at some point. I missed exactly what happened, but eventually Sting locks in the Scorpion Deathlock on Jarrett. Jarrett eventually taps out, but there's no ref, so the match continues. Uh, he tapped out for like four minutes, too. It was fucking obscene, bro. Poor double J, man. Poor double J in his back. Um, Monty, Monty, like fall away, slams Christian into Sting to break up the deathlock, which is fun. Then Monty Brown he gets the uh, the NWA title, swings it at um, I believe Sting, and then they lay him out. And then that goddamn Team Canada's back. For the love of God, they uh, they they rush the ring, but they both get. <laughs> It's a fun moment where you get like a scorpion death drop along with Christian's reverse DDT that he does in tandem to take out. By God, they both got hit with DDT. My God, those those man's has a family.
1: Jesus.
0: (laughs) Um, It's a cool moment there. And then you got uh, Jarrett, that damn Jeff Jarrett. He has the belt, hits Sting in the face with it. Gets a very close two count. Almost gets the win there. But the end. So Sting and Christian, they do like tandem Stinger splashes, but they both miss. Jarrett grabs the guitar, goes to hit Christian with it, but Sting has his bat, just swings it at the guitar, explodes into a million pieces. Just a cool visual there. That was such a dope ass fucking spot, bro. Like, so cool, dude. Yeah um no, no, bat to the gut of Jarrett, scorpion death drop one two three sting and christian get the win and uh yeah just a real cool way to uh bring sting into the fold here in tna yeah i thought
1: i thought they did a great job like you said the whole show was surrounded or around bringing sting in and and it didn't it lived up to every all expectations. I thought he was awesome. And it was a it was a clean win at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. While there were all sorts of shenanigans, Sting got the one, two, three. Him and Christian, while they were teased, um, they might fight during the match. They celebrated together, the showing off the air with those two
0: mm-hmm.
1: as the victors. The two new the meat baby, the new steak, that fresh meat. Oh. Sting and Christian, the Dudleys rhino they're all over this card and that was the story today was telling and sting lived up to the hype the music was weird but he (laughs) lived up to the hype and he looked damn good and i'm assuming he wins the title at bound for glory you don't have to spoil it for me i'm gonna go back and watch but i would think i'd assume from my recollection back in the day i gotta think christian's gonna take that belt off double j lose it back to double j sting's gonna take it off double j at bound for glory or Sting takes it off Christian at Bound for Glory would be
0: my guess. Hmm. Well, I'll let you discover that. I remember what happens, but uh, Thanks, buddy. it's a good journey. It's a fun, it's a fun uh, tale that's as told by TNA. It's some good stuff. I actually, I don't really know a lot of what happens in between now and Bound for Glory because it was really Bound for Glory 2006 when I that was like around the time I really started getting into TNA. I remember a lot about Bound for Glory 2006. It was a great pay-per-view. But I don't really remember a whole lot what happened until then. So I'm looking forward yeah. to it, but uh. That show had a bang.
1: Looking at this roster, and that's the WrestleMania.
0: Oh, that man. show had to bang. Yeah, yeah. It had star. I mean, we brought up the roster earlier. Just top to bottom, just great shit. Um, but yeah, we're only getting started in two thousand six. Uh, any other thoughts on Final Resolution that we didn't talk about? I really enjoyed it, dude. I I enjoy, I
1: enjoyed seeing a lot of guys that we still see today. It just shows how how long and tenured a lot of these guys careers are like roderick strong aj styles bobby Roode, james storm the truth hiroshi tanahashi i mean you think about an aj styles versus hiroshi tanahashi man 16 years ago yeah. to me it hit in the ring but it's wild to think that that was just a uh, the fourth match on a Random, pay, not a random, but the fourth match on a pay per view in January was uh-huh. Hiroshi Tanahashi and AJ Styles. Like, I thought there was a lot of cool stuff. As a fan, I'd be excited to see where the Dudleys go going forward. I'd be excited to see where the story with Christian, Sting, and Jared goes going forward. So uh, great. And the exhibition title, Samoa Joe, my fucking God, dude, mm. monster. Dude, that was amazing.
0: His every every match he's had pretty much at this point. I mean, he's had He had a great match against Saban a few months ago. I mean, any any match you can you, you have impact. Plus, you can just throw on any impact. Yeah. You'll probably see a great Samoa Joe match. Um, but yeah, that dude's a star. That dude's a star. But uh yeah, that's about all I got, man. Thank you once again for making the time to uh, check out this show. Come on, talk about it. Where can everybody uh, find you in the wrestling index? Yeah, bro.
1: Well, first of all, I just want to say thanks for having me. I had a blast uh, when you hit yeah, me man. with this Impact show. I said, hell yeah. I'd love to come on the apron bump and talk Impact Wrestling. Hell yeah. Um, TNA Wrestling, you know, whatever it was, whatever they want to call it. Um, NWA TNA. Yeah, NWA TNA at this point. Um, you can find the Wrestling Index at thewrestlingindex.com. I uh, got yeah, the Wrestling Index on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, you know, the deal. Um, just do a lot of cool stuff. Talking nowadays wrestling, some nostalgic wrestling. And, uh, yeah, that's it. That's where you can find me. And I had a blast, bro. Like this was a lot of, a lot of fun, dude.
0: Hell yeah, man. I hope you have an episode coming up where you talk about your favorite snapmares in wrestling. I will. (laughs) I should, I should, I should do a top 10 list of my top 10 snapmares in wrestling. That would actually be hilarious. A
1: few of them off of, uh, cash and cash and Dax last night. They were snap-marrying all over the place. Oh
0: man. Top 25 snapmares of Dax versus Cash coming up next week, (laughs) folks. You heard it here first.
1: So that'll that'll bring in the viewers.
0: (laughs) Once again, thank you to Timmy Boy for joining me on today's episode. Always a great time with Tim Uh, from the Wrestling Index. Like I said in the beginning, check out his podcast, the Wrestling Index. Wherever you listen to podcasts, also check out his website, thewrestlingindex.com. All his info in the description below. All my info as well in there apronbump.com for all my full episodes check out my merch give the podcast a rating or review spank my ass call me sally whatever you would like to do to support the podcast uh feel free um yeah good 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 old times there and is that all i got i think that's all i got for you i feel like nobody ever listens to this part so i can really just fuck around if i wanted to i mean i could just start i mean i could take that panda that's behind me and just rub it all over my naked body and nobody would ever know. Probably. Um, maybe one day I'll try that and see if anybody notices, but, um, for now that'll stay in off camera activity. So, uh, <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. Love you all. Um, well, you know, except the Canadians, but, uh, love most of you. Big smooches all around. Have a, have a lovely rest of your day, rest of your night. I sometimes wonder when people listen to my podcast. Do you listen like 2 a.m. when you're falling asleep? Do you have my voice in your ear when you're... Like, are you on a pillow right now? <laughs> all right. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm hard. Yeah. It's the hardest. Hard. Talk around and disregard it. Ship you off the ground, show you the hardest. Hard. Standing strong and proud And I guess this gets started. It's the hardest.
1: Walk around and disregard it. you walk
0: show you